yes, he is playing a part with his daughters, but there's also an awareness that's necessary around what his daughters may be hearing or may encounter in the future that he needs to be able to coach through period you can do all that you you can or want to do but if you're not thinking like oh i said i'm putting on a wife beater and how does that impact my daughter wow i know that's, that's right i didn't even think about the connotations of a wife beater right. oh Wife beater is a term that was regularly used in my childhood that nobody ever said anything about ever, ever. Got you. Yeah, you're right. And there are there are countless ways in which we as society reinforce male privilege. And I think that it's important, especially for young fathers and fathers in general to recognize like, oh, shoot, I have a daughter that might be experiencing this type of thing in the workplace or this type of thing in school or this type of thing on the field. Like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Let me uh, double click here. You are now listening to the Girl Talk with Pops podcast. My name is Brittany. And I'm Todd. On this podcast, my daughter and I are digging into the complicated dynamics between men and women. It's not every day that you hear a father and daughter talk openly about the struggles of love, relationships, dating, and life. But because we're dedicated to elevating the conversation between women and their fathers and father figures, we're sharing our intimate conversations with you. That's right. No sugarcoating and 100% vulnerability. Tune in every week to hear our fresh perspectives on challenges that men and women face every day. Let's go. This week, we're back with Pops and my cousin Dana. We debate more black male privileges from the Jewel Woods checklist, and we talk about how important it is to recognize black male privilege. Starting with the question, who has more marriage or cohabitation options after a divorce, men or women? Let's get right into it. I disagree. And my dad and I have talked about this in a previous episode. Um, I know... For a fact, my friends that are 30 plus are more willing to date a man with a child than they were in their younger years. And I, I also want to hear from you all on this point around divorce or even people that were friends of yours that have been in long term relationships, been married, and you know them or you know the spouse who ends up more often than not in another relationship or marriage. Is it the man or the woman? From experience, I would say the woman. It may be a reason to it, but I don't think the, the guys that I know, they, they don't necessarily, after being in a long relationship, want to want to be in a, in a committed relationship. You, you right know, now, uh, in their 30s. I, I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. I mean, you know, if you've been married 10 years and, you know, you're, you're fresh out of a relationship, you kind of want to live free. But I think from a female's perspective, I, I think they need companionship or would like companionship. Ooh, about to get cursed. <laughs> now, are you speaking in theory or are you really thinking about the people that you know? Yeah, I'm talking about people that I know. Guys really don't want to be in a committed relationship, you know, after, after like, being freshly divorced. Got it. Dad, I think this is where your perspective, like the generational thing is kind of interesting because I don't necessarily agree that men accept children more than women accept children, especially because men can have children forever. And women typically don't. Like a man can have a child at 99 and a I'm woman. No, he's not, y'all. 
he's not. What? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my point is that men can always date younger, literally always. Um, And this is why I say, like, kind of take yourself out of it, take your age range out of it. Like, I don't believe that it's easier for a divorced woman at 50 to find another husband or easy to find another long-term partner versus a man because a man will go to a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old or higher, whatever. Like their range, just there's no range. They're just open. I agree. I I think think it's easier for a guy to be in a relationship quicker after a divorce, no matter how long they've been married. But I think the, the quality of relationship is is going to be different in the male and in the male and the female. I think a woman, her next relationship will be, uh, especially depending on the age, will be, uh, I'm talking about real relationship, not, you know, will be a better quality relationship than the male. Because usually when men, especially when they first get divorced or first break up from long term, you know, they are quick to just uh, jump into whatever Whatever. or bed that they can jump into because they're just excited now. They think everything is right. new and fresh, but it's really is is not really like that. Where women women are, you know, they're more calculating and they be like, I'm not dealing with no more garbage. I'm I'll wait until I get this quality guy. Where dudes they'll <laughs> they'll hit whatever it's more, corner it's, they it's, can it's hit. Quantity, this quantity over quality. Agree, and I and agree. when it comes females, it's, it's quality over quantity. I think right, and that's why men have substantially more options. Right. That's, that's exactly not, why that's not, those aren't committed relationships, though. I didn't say just committed relationships. I just said marriage and cohabitation options. Period. I don't even know if we want to say cohabitation. I think it's in and out. I think it's in and out. It's three months and out. It's a year and out. It's whatever you want it to be. More 20, options. Twenty minutes period. out. Trust. I mean, it's out. It's still more options. <laughs> I just need somewhere to stay tonight. <laughs> I do. Let me uh, let me work this out for the night, lady. And tomorrow we had this we had this discussion again. But tonight, I'm yeah. your husband. <laughs> See, anyway, next point. <laughs> yeah, and that's the truth. Thank you, thank you for that. Um. <laughs> On the front of sports, if you are a coach, true or false, as a male coach, I can motivate, punish, or embarrass a player by saying that the player plays like a girl. I don't think. Yeah, I say false. I mean, just the way you just put it, I think false. I don't think men look, you know, that's not heavy. That's, That's nothing that they consider. What do you mean it's not heavy? Because they, I mean, that's just something that that's thrown out, you know, quit playing like a girl, quit hitting like a girl. I I don't. Why is that okay? Because. Why is it okay to say? Only because in society, men have the brawn. I mean, we are considered to have the brawn and most times we have the brawn. That's one reason why we are able to have this male privilege only because of the brawn. It's, It's not because of anything else. It's only but because of the privilege. privilege. That that's is, a privilege. A, but that's not my privilege or his privilege. That's just the way 
that that's privilege that, but no that's privilege. the way our bodies are made that's the way our just because our, your body is is quote unquote stronger doesn't mean you have to uh use it at the expense of naming but, a girl that's not strong but like, if what is the body, point of that how does that help a girl it doesn't that's help a field. girl but a girl isn't on the field if a girl is on the field i'd be like quit hitting like bobby you know whoever was the weakest person on the team because I know girls, they hit way harder than guys. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't see girls beat dudes down. So I never underestimate a female. That's just that society thing. I mean, we're talking about society, but we're talking about our society. I guess I'm getting mixed signals from you on whether like this happens or not. I mean, yeah. Do you think it happens or not? It happens, but I don't think anybody holds it like it's that heavy of a deal where if you tell me uh, quit hitting like a girl, I'm I'm looking at you like whatever. If a girl hears that, how do you think that might make a girl? Now, how would it make a girl feel? feel? Now, let's take the hitting out. Like you're playing like a girl. I mean, if a girl hears that, I guess they can take it. I guess. Like, what I does guess, that uh, say about a girl's ability to play basketball? I mean, I guess if if you're if you're not understanding of sports, I guess that can be hurtful. Or why do you have to understand sports to understand this? Because it's just a old, how sports it's are. It's an old male sports term that that yeah. that's male privilege. That's male privilege. To yes. make that statement is male privilege, but it's not a true statement, and it's not a statement that I think holds a lot of water. At one time, it did. But now, I don't think it does. You sure, know, but on the uh, school ground, when you don't have the maturity, and uh, I can even see this playing out in the situation where there are two children, brother and sister, and the dad is like, you're playing like a girl. How does that help the daughter in any way? I guess it doesn't, Britt. No, not really. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't help them out. Because I guess as a father, if you say that in front of your daughter as a coach or you say it in front of a girl that's on the team or just listening, I guess you would have to explain it. So you have to explain it like, OK, this this is an old men's sports term. Sorry, that, honey. Patriarchy. That was in existence prior to women playing all these sports and prior to women showing that they can handle this game just as well as a male can. It's still in existence. By older I, dudes. No, I was just in Harlem like last month and I heard it was a gang of boys and girls and a man literally said this with a girl on the court. Like this happens. I believe you. I wonder did the parents of the girl question herself? It might have been her dad. I don't know. It wasn't like a formal team. This was like some kids playing with their family like it wasn't that quote-unquote heavy it, it definitely happens and it, it's unacceptable so i got like a well some personal experience with it just being in the art in the military you know being in a combat unit that there's not many females and, and this gets dudes in trouble all the time it's just that you know locker room talk you know jargon where they're beginning to crack down on that as far as like disciplinary action and nowadays you you can't just say anything. I don't care if there's a girl around or not, but you can't uh, make any of those like sexual references or, or playing like a girl or you're acting like a whatever, whatever. But they're definitely cracking down with that in the military. I actually had an incident last week where a couple guys almost got in trouble for just like being unprofessional, I guess, when it comes to just talking. That's amazing because otherwise people will think it's okay to basically joke at the expense of women. And that's privilege. Why do you have to joke at the expense of women? You don't. You can actually just find another joke. 
Like, so if two people are talking, it's not really about our conversation, our dialogue between each other. It's really about whoever can hear us. A conversation is A and B, but C hears in it and they get offended by it. Um, you get in trouble for that. But I think that when it's about A and B, it reflects on how those people think and how they interact with their family and the things that they believe, right? So if you think it's okay to like joke like that, then that trickles down and manifests in how you deal with the women in your life. Like words matter. The way that we talk about things is how we manifest things. And I, yeah, I just, I really do think it's important to kind of change how we talk about men and women if anybody out there is like, oh, yeah, I support women and you can't stand by black women and continuously assert your dominance and assert your power over black women or not understand how saying you play like a girl is like actually not good for a little girl. But I'm on my soapbox right now. I have a, another point. No, I, I uh, hear you, though. I hear you. And I kinda, but things I, I are agree. changing. I, I mean, things are changing. Just like when him talk about the military, that's a stance that they've decided to take that one time they didn't take. And that's what I was saying about history. His, history is the way it was. That's why I say in 40 years from now, 50 years from now, all this that, that we're talking about today, I think will be a thing of the past. There will be no more male role. I mean, there'll be a... No, there won't be. And when it comes to equality, I believe this role of the black male or the male period, it would be a more equal playing field between men and women because that's where society is pushing. I mean, I can't help where society came from, but society is pushing totally different. And so, I mean, it's like technology. You know, you you had no technology, then you had a whole bunch of technology. Things are changing. Things are going to change. Things are getting better for the black woman, for the woman, period. Things are just changing. And, and if women keep going the way they're going, black women keep making the strides that they're making, this male privilege will be done. I mean, men will still have the brawn. Don't get me wrong. We'll have the brawn. So the only male privilege will be forced upon. And that would be a whole different category. But that's the only male privilege there will be, my opinion. I appreciate your opinion. I think that it, it requires open dialogue and awareness and people being able to go through statements like this and really think about how they feel about it. Because it doesn't just pop into thin air. But it's typically women that are like driving this conversation. It's typically women saying, "Uh, well, hello, th that doesn't resonate with me. We need to change this. And that's why I'm having this conversation with y'all, because I think I've named three things and y'all are like, no, nope, don't believe that. No, nope, but, not true. but we, we're saying <laughs> no. It, it, no, but <laughs> see, we're saying we're saying it's and my my very first one is, like I said, is it's a change. These same women that I say, understand these, it. these same women now, they're saying this is not resonating with me. They weren't saying it 50 years ago. Yes, they were. So you why, don't believe that women felt the way that they feel now 50 years ago. So why is it now that people are listening to it then? Why? Uh, if, if, if they were saying because it, because uh, women have been fighting for the last X so, amount of years. Okay, so not things, because so men things, have been fighting. I agree. Not because so, men. 
have I been agree. doing anything. Yeah. So it's things because are women changing. have been pushing the conversation. So things are changing. So in 40, 50 years from today, I don't think this will be a conversation. That's why I don't see it like that. I don't see the male privilege as being We're talking what about today, though. We're talking about today. Like, sure, we're all hopeful for the grander, uh, much more equal future. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. But today... We can still talk about multiple ways in which men assert power or need to be more dominant over women. And it's not even conscious. Like these things are not even like conscious behaviors, like quote unquote, not that heavy for who the man on the receiving end or the woman on the receiving end. I do get it. I understand exactly what you're saying. I guess for me, I'm just not carrying because um, it's a privilege for you not to carry it. <laughs> oh, man. It is. You don't have to think about it. You literally don't have to think about it. You don't right. have to drive this conversation. All right, boss. Let's go to the <laughs> next one. <laughs> Dana, what? <laughs> no, I just think from a male's perspective that, like your dad said, like we're trending in the right direction. We're trending to a more equal society. And I, I think that's why it's... Thanks to women. <laughs> Say it again. Oh, that's right. Thanks to women. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm, 100%. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from you guys at all. At all. Um, but I think... Uh, I'm not going to say, yes, women are beginning the conversation, but males are starting to accept it and be an advocate of it too. I think everybody is starting to be on the same playing field and, and recognize that, that we should be on the same playing field. So I think from a male's perspective, we're like, hey, it's trending in the right direction compared to 50 years ago. So I, th- I think that's probably why we don't see it as you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, I hear you. I want to give you an example that's sort of related to the locker room talk that you mentioned, Dana, as far as language that men use without thinking about it. So the statement from a man's point of view, you, you all can tell me true or false. I can use language like, quote unquote, boning, laying the pipe, hitting it and banging to convey images of sexual acts based on dominance and performance. So you're asking, is that a thing? Yes, 100 percent. That's a thing. Do you think that's OK? I think it's just a description because women use the same description. And it's not okay. So I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with dominance. I don't think it's it's being derogatory towards women. Well, males do use it in that manner, but like I, I put it like this, I talk differently at work than I do at home. Why? Uh, I, I sen- I definitely censor my conversations at home because I. I mean, because I have kids, and I don't. You don't want your daughters to know how you really talk. <laughs> That's not how I really talk, though. There, there's, is. There's, there's, that there's that a, is how you time, talk. A, no, that, there's a time and a place for everything. We don't, you, you don't. I guarantee you don't talk the same way at work than you know if you're hanging out with your friends. It's a time and a place for everything. Like it's, that's just the world. It's just appropriate. But mm. it, is that not just a description or verbiage or metaphors? I mean, I think that, it's just sexist language. Women use the same language. I mean, that doesn't mean it's so okay. And do do women use it as much as men? Yes. Do women well, yes. laying the pipe? I believe so. I just think it's description, and that's that's how men describe things. I think women describe them a whole different way. I've never been in a women's locker room, so I don't know how they describe it. But I know it's a description. we don't talk about. Th- that's not a part of locker room talk. Uh, Sex is not. 
I don't agree with that. And I don't know because I've never been in a women's locker room, but I've heard women talk about sex. They use different verbiage, but I've definitely heard women talk about sex. I've heard it in song. Sure. I'm, this is not about them talking about sex in general. This is about using words like boning, laying the pipe, hitting it, banging as a way to convey like I've heard what women they're about say, to I'm do. Gonna, I've heard women say, I'm going to hit that. I, I haven't heard a woman say she's going to lay a pipe because that's not what they don't, she's going to yeah. do. That sure. doesn't describe what they're going to do. Sure. I've heard women say, I'm going to lay that whack. Have you not heard the, uh, all these rap songs that are out now? All of these rap songs, as if they are majority women, they're not majority women songs, but I have heard some rap songs, sure. I've heard women say how they're going to write certain people or write things, and this is pertaining to their sexual ways and whatnot. And you hear that all the, I mean, I hear it all the time anyway, from where I grew up at and people I've been around. I agree. Majority of female rap, no, that's that is one hundred percent all they talk about. I mean, I mean, female rap is like what percentage of rap though? But don't they represent the same locker room? That's why they talk about it. Just like what do you mean? They have an audience, and that's their locker room. When you're in a locker room or you're singing a song, that's your audience. That's your locker room. That's you're you're talking to the people that understand you. You're talking to the pe- the same people that understand you. You have female rappers out here selling a million plus units. Who are they talking to? Who buying a million records? How many rappers are females? Like literally, if we want to talk it does, about the it numbers, matter if it's one no, or two. It is. Okay. There are, there are more men talking about laying the pipe in a rap song than there are women, period. That may be, but that don't mean the locker room is different. That just means it's more I'm locker room. The, y'all are conflating rap music and sports locker room talk. No, but, we, but you were talking about terms that men use because we don't just use them in locker rooms. They're used I, everywhere. I That's why you can make it be about the music also about women lyrics and whatnot. And if we're going to talk about music, then let's be clear that kids hear more men talking about laying the pipe, hitting it, but that, except for than women. That's just I, a fact. That's a fact. But that's just because women women are in the rap game the same. They're not in that same game. That I'm not saying that's right because I think it's, it's probably way more women that can rap than dudes. But it's just right. That, but male, once male again, privilege. but see, that's all changing at one time. It you ain't changing even, that fast. It's changing fast enough. No, it's not. Britney. I mean, maybe they're still not happening as fast as some people want them to happen, but women are doing more things now in the last 50 years than they've done in the last 250 years. And it's only going to get more because women are the smart, in my opinion, the smarter species. And once they get to that plateau, there's nothing going to be stopping them. It's going to be no plateau. There is a plateau. Why? Plateau is a limit. Why is there a limit? Women will out male a male in the next 50 years. I don't know how to say it, but women will (laughs) out male a male in the next 50 years. Trust me on this. How are you two supporting the movement for this? I'm supporting because I believe in in the female voice. I am first to say that my God is a woman, a black woman at that. I believe women were first. I believe women came here first. Adam and Eve, I believe it was Eve and Adam. If that story existed, that's my belief. Because women are the only beings that can produce they produce males. Males don't produce women. Women produce male. Women produce women. Women have the Eve gene. Women are 
in my opinion, the in or the alpha and the omega, but that's the way I look at things. So I'm, I believe in the women's voice. I mean, I, I didn't have my male ways, but I, even when I was taking advantage of it, I still believe women were the in all be all of everything. But how are you supporting the movement? I'm supporting the movement because so I'm just, so <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> Dana, go ahead. What are you doing to support look at, the Look movement? at my daughters. That's how I'm supporting the movement. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I am doing is the two little girls across the hall, I'm letting them know that they can do it. Like they don't have oh. to depend. They have to depend on people to a certain extent, but they have the ability to do whatever they want to in this world, regardless of what it is. And I agree. whatever I can oh, do to enable them, then that's what I'm here for, is to push them and to help them financially and to help them any type of way I can. And I've done the same, exactly what he said with my daughter. <laughs> I have pushed you all to be greater than any guy can ever be. And I, I've never said you couldn't do this. I've never said you can't do that. I've never said a boy can outdo you at anything. I just believe women are the more superior being of men and women. So does this conversation in any way make you think about the words that you use and the ways in which you assert yourself? Because I, I understand what you all are saying, and I understand that you have daughters and you are pushing and have pushed them to be limitless. But how does that actually help anybody else? And maybe that's not your concern or desire, but I'm just wondering, like, if you feel that you have done your part with your daughters and therefore you don't need to think about Black male privilege. Yeah, yeah, I, I got exactly what you're saying. Yeah, just this conversation today, I think I'll, I will try to be a little more conscious of it because, like, I didn't know this was a, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know to what extent. So you've kind of opened my eyes to how a lot of females feel. So, like, when things are happening, if I can step in when, you know, you are, or, you know, when it has something to do with me, I'll just try to be a little more conscious, you know, if this male privilege, you know, is going on and I'll just, I'll try to, um, mitigate any type of way I can. Yeah, because I mean, the reality of the situation is that you can be supporting your your daughters all day, but there's a whole society that is not. But him, by him right. supporting his daughters, he's supporting society because if he can lead two daughters to surpass society's rules, those two daughters will have the young girls is looking at them that would change and be like, I want to be like Brittany or I want to be like this and I want to be like this person. And they don't know where their background, but they sure are strong women. I want to be like them. So the pyramids start forming. So he's doing his part for his daughters, but his part for his daughters is also doing his part for society. You can't fix everything you could only fix, you could fix my one or two things and hopefully those one or two things will make the machine run a whole lot better. And that's what he's doing. That's what I've done. I think you can do whatever you want to do. And I think that, yes, he is playing a part with his daughters, but... There's also an awareness that's necessary around what his daughters may be hearing or may encounter in the future that he needs to be able to coach through, period. You can do all that you you can or want to do. But if you're not thinking like, oh, I said I'm putting on a wife beater and how does that <laughs> impact my daughter? Wow. I, no, that's, that's right. I didn't even think about the connotations of a wife beater. Right. Oh, 
wife beater is a term that was regularly used in my childhood that nobody ever said anything about ever got you hi yeah you're right and there are there are countless ways in which we as society reinforce male privilege. And I think that it's important, especially for young fathers and fathers in general, to recognize like, oh, shoot, I have a daughter that might be experiencing this type of thing in the workplace or this type of thing in school or this type of thing on the field. Like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Let me uh, double click here. But yeah, I appreciate the healthy debate here. Thank you. <laughs> and But, you know, it, it does take that healthy conversation between fathers and daughters of husbands and wives, because a lot of times maybe us as privileged <laughs> with the quote things <laughs> up, black males, maybe we don't know. You know what I'm saying? So it would take our daughters and our wives and sisters and mothers even to let us know these things, you know, to come home and be like, you know what I experienced today, blah, blah, blah. Just like we're talking about it today. We're helping society today with this conversation. This is all our parts, but it takes healthy conversations to render power to any tool that is used against people or, or two that is used against women for in this instance that would keep them from seeing their ultimate person and whatnot. I agree. And to take that a, a step further, I really hope that the both of you also, you know, not be afraid to call out your friends or not actually be complicit in the activities of other men when they're saying things like, well, let me throw on this wife beater or if she plays like a girl or, you know, to really not encourage that type of talk or conversation. Because as this changes, as we grow, Black women especially need Black men to fight for us, to support us, to help elevate us and to continue this conversation. Um, but to wrap it up, I just want to end the show with a few of my final thoughts. One is that, for my opinion, it's super important for fathers raising daughters to understand the dynamics between men and women in society and to, where possible, not reinforce that inequality, to not reinforce the negative connotations, to truly think about the Black woman experience on this earth and how that might differ from your own. I also think it's important to see where sexism exists in the Black community, especially as a father, and in general, to be willing and open to protect every Black woman like she's your daughter. I think that there's a lot to be done in the fight and movement for the Black family and especially Black women. And I think that conversations like this reveal the ways in which we are not doing ourselves any favors. And I highly, highly, highly recommend everybody check out that Black Male Privilege Checklist by Jewel Woods. It has like over 80 or so items on the list and I only touched on the few. So check it out. I hope that it inspires more conversations around this. And yeah, I hope you all enjoyed that day and anything. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed myself. For sure. I mean, I think you said it all. Everybody check out that study that Brittany was saying. Um, what's his name? Jewel Wood, right? Woods. Jewel, Jewel Wood. Woods. Check that out because I'm going to check it out for myself because I admit I need to know more of this subject because I, I'm probably blind to some things because of my black male privilege. So, 
you know, I'm going to check it out and I, you all check it out. And we appreciate Dana for being here today. Thank you for coming on, having this conversation with us. And, you know, I appreciate all you listeners. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. My baby, I appreciate you for putting this together and being a super producer that you are. <laughs> and, and you know, and, and I'm looking forward to the next show and, and the next guest and the next topic. Of course. And thanks again, Dana, for joining us in this debate. We hope you had fun. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed hearing another male perspective. If you like what you heard, let other people know by writing us a review on Apple Podcasts and rating Girl Talk with Pops five stars. Stay tuned because next week we'll be following up on an episode from season two where we talked about cohabitating and living with your partner for the first time. I got a little bit of experience in this now and Pops loves some things out. So I'll share that next week. And as always, don't forget to share Girl Talk with Pops with a friend. Take care.